everyone, I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Dr. Kathy King and I want you to know you are important to us. We are thrilled that you're here with us today for another episode of Writing Works Wonders. Welcome. It's an exciting day here at Writing Works Wonders, Advancing Beyond Barriers. I'm Dr. Kathy King. My co-host, Cheryl McNeil Fisher, and I are excited you joined us today because our guest is a premier bard, narrator, and voice actor, Kristen Ellison. Many of our listeners know her because of her stellar and plentiful audiobooks on the Library of Congress Bard Service and on Audible. No doubt you'll be very familiar with her voice and her name. When searching the catalog, we realized why that was. Across her 20-plus year, Kristen Allison has narrated over 2,400 entries in Bard. So be ready to enjoy her familiar voice, learn what happens behind the scenes while recording books, and have the opportunity to ask questions and thank her for the many hours of reading pleasure that she brings into our lives. Welcome, Kristen. It's a pleasure to have you with us on Writing Works Wonders. Thank you both for having me. I'm, it's really a privilege. It's, I, I was telling Cheryl earlier that I spend a lot of my work days inside of a little booth and I don't ever get to see who is listening. And it's sometimes you don't believe that people are really listening. It's really great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're so happy you're here. And so my first question is, what influenced you? What was influenced you to become a voiceover actor? I was involved in theater since I was a little kid. Both of my parents were in theater. My mom was an actress. My dad was a director. I did some commercial work when I was younger. And then I was a theater major in college. I got my BFA in acting from Emerson College in Boston. I came back to Colorado after college just to see what, you know, wait until see what was going to happen next in my life. And I did a couple of shows here and I was in a play and um, someone who knew my mom, who was did voice work, came to see the show and she came up to me afterwards and I remembered her from when I was a kid and she said, you know, if you're looking for something, you might want to try submitting an audition. It was Pam Ward and I don't know if a lot of you remember mm-hmm. Pam Ward. Um, she's recorded lots of books and so yeah. I, I did. I went to the local studio and signed up, put my audition in, and I did some behind-the-scenes work in the meantime. But that's that's really what got me started there. And what's made you stay? Why do you why do you enjoy it so much that you've stayed all these years? I mean, it's great for us to be <laughs> share with us a little bit about what do you like. I mean, you're in a booth all the time, but you must enjoy what you're doing. You're you're great at what you do. Thank you. I I do. I I love it. The being in a booth all the time is a little challenging for sure but I try to balance it out with I also do some photography so that gets me out in the world more and as I said as a an acting major in college (laughs) I don't think you ever really know what you're going to be able to do after that and being able to sort of fall into this field and use some of the skills I learned then and be creative in that way is really a privilege I'm very lucky that I found this yeah It means a lot when you love what you do, right? It does. (laughs) And when you first started, did you, was that originally? 
immediately right with connecting you into the National Library Service? It was. It was. Okay. I was also working for a, a voiceover agent at the time. I was doing some assisting mm-hmm. for her. And mm-hmm. so it was all kind of combined with that. But um, but yeah, it was right. It was a studio that records for the National Library Service. So I got involved in that right away. And I have done some other recording, but I, you know, I do this full time. So mm. yeah, I've seen you have some up on Audible uh, and a couple others, but you're mostly here with us. And thank you. We are totally enjoying it. How many books or how many books do you do in a week or in a month? You have so many that you've done. What is that process? So this week, for example, I finished a book on Monday and then I started another book Monday afternoon. That took me about two full days to record. And that was a pretty, you know, it wasn't a terribly complicated book. There weren't a lot of difficult pronunciations and stuff like that. So, and it was about nine hours in length. So that was about two days. And then I've been, I'm about halfway through another book, maybe like six hours into another book. Really depends on the material too, the length of the book and how difficult the material is. If there are a lot of languages and stuff like that. Okay. And Kathy, would you like to take over now? Yes. So Kristen, I've been looking through the, the vast list of recordings that you have in BARD. And this is the National Library Service, Library of Congress, and it's also known as Talking Book. So those that are visually impaired have access to this. And I'm seeing material from historical fiction to romance to mystery to science fiction and young adult volumes and technical medical publications that you record. So you have a very vast repertoire. How do you prepare for a book reading? Maybe you prepare by rereading the manuscript a few times or make notes I have no idea. Can you enlighten us about how you prepare? You bet. I work at a a studio with a bunch of really talented, smart people who know the ins and outs of this and the sort of high standards that the NLS has in comparison to recording books commercially. Um, Things have to be pronounced as accurately as possible. Names of people, names of places. You have to be able to find that pronunciation of a word in specific dictionaries. And we have a whole team of people that do research for us before the book even comes to us. They put together a a list of the words, how you pronounce them. They look for any prep that we might need to understand in the book. Like if there's a note, they direct us to the note. My prep is fairly minimal. I mean, once I get the book, we do a lot of cold reading. So once I get the book, I do as much as I can in a short amount of time. But everything is on that team of people at the studio. So I can hypothesize what a cold reading means, but can you define it for us? Sure, yeah. (laughs) Oftentimes, when it's coming out of my mouth is the first time I've read it. Wow. And, you know, you do try to familiarize yourself with the material and the, the style. And But as I said, there are other people who look through it and can give me a heads up for certain characters if they say, you know, this character has a Boston accent or, you know, something. Things that I might not be able to do on a cold read. Or, you know, sometimes it's happened that I find out a little late and I have to go back <laughs> and fix things. 
but yeah, it's just reading it first time, first time it comes out of my mouth. That's exceptional that you're so talented at being able to do that. People have been so excited as Cheryl and I have mentioned that you were going to be our guest on Writing Works Wonders today. People search the directory for your name to see what's uh, available. As Cheryl mentioned, you've introduced her as a narrator to different authors. So uh, this whole audio book world has shifted uh, the relationship of reader and author. So from your perspective, what do you see as your role in the audiobook publishing process? For instance, do you feel that you interpret the author's work or dramatically enact it? How do you understand your role as the narrator and voice actor? I think that there are some, certainly some different takes on that with different narrators. Um, I think partially because I have been doing this for so long. When I started, it was much more, the idea was much more that we don't insert too much of ourselves. We don't go too far with the character. We don't go above and beyond. We just want to get the, you know, we want you to be able to hear the voice in your head. And I think that I've mostly stuck with that. I think there are sometimes I've loosened up a little bit, but I am definitely less of the, I think I do less characterization than a lot of other people. I'm pretty subdued about it, I think, um, which is also kind of just my personality. I'm not too out there. I feel like accurately, you know, conveying what what I, I perceive the author's idea to be, you know, I mean, and that's that it, obviously there will be some my perception in there. So very good. We appreciate that. Thank you for sharing it. I fully understand that different narrators approach that differently. Yeah. So we, you've mentioned the recording process a little bit. People would be interested in knowing how long is a recording session for you? Is it an entire day, a half day? Do they book you to read part of this one and part of another one all in a day? And do you usually take breaks during a recording? Yeah, it depends on the narrator and the schedule. Um, there are several... Like I said, this is pretty much my full-time gig. So I will record uh, three days a week. I record eight hours a day. Um, I have a lunch break and a couple of breaks in the morning. Or if I my voice is getting tired and I want to heat my tea up. And basically for everyone, it's around four hours a shift. And you might do two of them back to back. There are lots of other narrators who do other things as well. And so they're more sporadic. And occasionally, I will have two books going at one time, but mostly it's just getting one done. Very good. Thank you. After you record, Kristen, uh, what is the process? Like, after you get done with a book, how long does it take then from the time you finish the book for it to be uploaded onto Bard? Do they? Does it go through more editing, or do you do your editing mainly as you go along? NLS standards are very high, so mm -hmm. we have someone following along with us, following along mm -hmm. the, us while we're and you know if anything we say is inaccurate to help us with pronunciations and stuff like that. Once the recording is finished, it goes to a reviewer who listens to the whole thing front to back, checks everything, marks places where I missed a word or stumbled and didn't catch it, and then it comes back to us. And we do those fixes. And then we have someone else who listens to it again, parts of it again. Mm -hmm. So, And then we have a whole post-production team who puts all the finishing touches on it. And then, honestly, I'm not exactly sure where it goes from there. It takes 
probably, I asked our studio director this, actually, uh, it takes probably a couple of months to get up on BART. Some things happen more quickly than others, but I don't exactly know what the life of it is after it leaves our studio. Goes along with the little fairies. <laughs> Thank you. And do you have freedom in choosing what books you read? Say if there's a book that you're not particularly like, is there a, a, a genre? Or do you have a choice of you're able to read? Nope. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Okay. What if there's something that I don't know? How do you handle something that's not so comfortable? You know, you just do it. Okay. Uh, There are definitely, there have definitely been times where I, you know, there are definitely times when I, it's a different political view or Mm. I don't necessarily appreciate the way they portray women or. But and I, I do have I do have a conflict with that sometimes. But mm-hmm. I guess I reconcile it by you know this is these are not my opinions. It's so that everybody can read these books. You know. Yeah, and you do well with it. Be- and besides NLS, is there other particular agencies that you work for or audio companies? Because it wouldn't be audio, but it would be actually be the recording studio. Is there other recording studios you work for? There's actually two NLS studios here in Colorado. Oh, okay. I have been at both. Mm-hmm. The one that I work for, we sometimes handle commercial audio books. It just depends. It just sort of when that happens. I, you know, I haven't really pursued that side of it so much Mm, mm, okay well thanks it sounds like it sounds like nls keeps you busy enough as it is absolutely (laughs) it's amazing you've been doing this for over 20 years and a lot has happened with technology and publishing during that time you've alluded to it a little bit but could you speak more to the changes that have happened in the industry what you've seen and have things changed for you personally as a voice actor and and narrator during this time? Shockingly little has changed in some of the technology, but um, it does seem to be accelerating. When I started, we were recording things reel to reel. And I I also started as, while I was waiting for my approval, I was also a monitor. So I listened to other narrators, I recorded them, and we were doing it all reel to reel at the time, using all of the sort of paper resources and and book resources, you know, not online resources that we have now. So that is the biggest change. We are not recording from the book anymore, which is a very recent change. Sorry, the print edition, we're not recording from that. As far as my day-to-day, that's that's really what has changed the most. Everything is online now. (laughs) You're reading an electronic version, is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. So the popularity of audiobooks has really jumped in the last 20 years. It was really more of a niche market for people with visual impairments prior to that. But now it's very popular among the general population. Has that impacted your work or your volume of work or the perception of your work at all? It hasn't impacted the volume of it, certainly. I know that for me personally, I am still recording for the same audience as I was before. These books aren't, you know, available to everyone to listen to on their commute and to work and stuff like that. So it doesn't seem like it's impacted you too much because of your specific role. For me, just in here in my booth, you know. Okay. You mentioned something a minute ago, Kristen. You mentioned you worked as a monitor. Mm-hmm. What, what are you talking about there? That's 
person that follows along with the text does the recording often is there for the pro you know the process the recording shift you know so for four hours i have this same person listening to me that will change through the book but yeah that's what i did when i first started i still do some of it which is great you know i learned a lot from all the narrators that i was able to listen to then and i still learn stuff when i we switch things up in the studio and i'm listening to another narrator. That's what I was wondering, Kristen, is because we wanted to ask you about suggestions for people that are interested in advancing their careers or beginning as a narrator. Is working as a monitor a good segue, a good preparation for that? I mean, it would help you get into the studio, but I think most of the narrators that I know are they have theater backgrounds or radio backgrounds in fact all of the narrators i know have at least a little of that in mm-hmm. before they came to this something in one of those fields would get you going there and then if you mm-hmm. went to the studio and wanted to work in the studio and see how the actual process went and there's lots of classes now i know we have several narrators who teach voiceover classes that now people also include audiobooks as part of that because it used to be more just commercial voiceover work but audiobooks are as you said much bigger now so what advice would you give someone that wants to start out in this field how would you say would you advise it would you dissuade them how would you say to begin with those classes? Or Yeah, I mean, I think with classes, classes is a great way. Or like I said, I had a theater degree and I know lots of other people studied similar fields. <laughs> Something as simple as just trying it at home by yourself, reading aloud from a book and maybe doing it one that you've you know never read before and seeing if you like it and how you do and practicing there because I know there are a lot of people who say everyone tells me I have the great voice and that I should do this but it's there's definitely more to it than that and you know you might find when you sit for four hours reading out loud that (laughs) you don't like it so much you know that's a very good point what materials would somebody have to put together in order to apply for a position or an opportunity to be a narrator Do you have to put a portfolio together with demos or just a resume? It really depends on the studio. And I I can only speak for our studio in that we usually do it by word of mouth. I mean, lots of people know someone else who is in the field, um, is an actor or is in radio. We need a new male narrator. They'll say, oh, I have these, you know, three people. So that can be kind of difficult as far as... Commercial audiobooks, that's a whole different ballgame. And you can just put yourself out there once you're established and have just little samples of your work and then do auditions for specific books. Ah, there you go. All right. And is there anything else that you would like to share with our participants before we go to the question and answer portion? I do want to say that, again, it's really a privilege to to be here and to hear from you. And it's a really fun way to shake up my (laughs) my (laughs) day. And I love Mm -hmm. from you. And I know that you're there, you know, when I'm Mm -hmm. 
Like I said, sometimes it's hard to believe, but I know that you're there when I'm recording. And now you'll you'll hear all of our voices in your head now saying, telling you all these things, because now we're going to open it up because we have a lot of people that want to say hi to you. Because I'm sitting here just listening to your voice and your voice is just so calming because you're the friend that I've had for so many years reading stories. <laughs> so, and I know there's a lot of people who want to say hello to you. So I don't, I don't know how many questions we'll get, but we'll get definitely get some some hellos and telling you how much you mean to them. And yes, the first person that has a question is Joanne. Feel free. Hi everyone. Hi Kristen. Hi. This is so neat to know that it was. I was really excited to know that you were going to be on this Zoom chat today and I wish I had some idea how many books I have listened to uh, that you've recorded but it's many and you really do well with pronunciations I do have one quick question has the pandemic changed things were you limited you know not recording for a while because at some point we weren't seeing and still don't see quite as many books available to us it did change it, you know, certainly at the beginning when there were hard shutdowns, but our studio was able to adjust and we were able to keep going through quite a bit of it. There hasn't been that much lag on our end, for sure. Okay, next we'll go to Kim. Hi. Hey, Kristen. Thank you so much for what you do. Um, you were talking about monitors, and I kind of have in my mind a picture of kind of maybe the way it is at a radio station, only a lot smaller, for sure. But can you and your monitor see each other through a window, and do you use hand signals? Like if she hears a really bad pronunciation or whatever, can she signal you? They can s- signal me. And yes, we can see each other, though I I try to hide away. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. Uh, yes, we can see each other and they don't need to use hand signals. They'll just say, hey, you messed that up or, you know, the recording. One Thank more. you, Kim. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I was just wondering, I have heard blind people say that they would like to be narrators. Do you think a Braille reader would be able to read fast enough to narrate? I've wondered that before myself. I, d- I don't know the answer. I mean, I I don't know how quickly some mm-hmm. people do it. So I imagine it would be very challenging. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, next we'll go to Phil. Okay, hello, Kristen, and hello, everybody. Hi, Phil. Uh, yes, I thank you so much for what, everything that you do. And like, we think you're a friend, read to me. That's super couple of questions, quick questions. Uh, is there any particular book that you really, really enjoy that has really uh, sp- uh, spoken to your heart in a very special way? And secondly, what has been the most challenging book for you to read? Those are good questions. And <laughs> <laughs> the books that I hold on to as far as I, I remember really loving, there's one in particular that's called Tiny Beautiful Things. It's by Cheryl Strayed. She had a an advice column, and it was just words from her advice column, which doesn't sound like something that would be terribly interesting, but it was very moving and beautifully written. And honestly, one of the things that I loved about it was the recording process, because the person who I recorded a lot of the book with and I were just crying through some of it and laughing through mm-hmm. some of it, and it was a really, really great experience. 
the other books that stick out for me are things from really early on. And I think it was just because it felt special that I was finally doing something like this. And um, I can remember the first book I recorded. It was called Angela and Diabola. And it was for kids. And it was about twin sisters. And one was good and one was bad. Mm-hmm. I read a collection of Dorothy Parker stories. That was that was kind of a neat experience for me as well, because I, I really like her. And I felt lucky that it was handed up over to me rather than someone else. But I have a very hard time thinking of like what my favorite was. But those are some of the special ones. And as far as like difficulty, there have been some that were just really difficult because of the the layout of the book or, you know, you have to, especially when we were using the print edition, you'd have to get to the notes in the back, usually, you know, with a, like a nonfiction work or those are difficult to record, but also it's fun that I get to learn stuff sometimes because sometimes I feel like I'm, depending on the material, not learning much new. So, Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thanks, Phil. Abby next. Hi, I am, uh, I'm Abby Johnson Taylor, the author of one of the books you narrated last summer. And I have enjoyed hearing your work before that book. And of course, I just want to thank you for an excellent job of narrating my own book. I did download it from Bard and listen to it and it was wonderful. And thank you so much for doing that. I look forward to hearing more of your work in the future. That was all I had to say. Thank you. Thank you, Abby. It's great to hear from you. I appreciate it. Annie Davis. Hey, Annie. Hi, good afternoon, Kristen. Thank you so Mm. much. wonderful to to hear from you and learn from you and i am actually an aspiring voice actor myself so i would love to uh, remain in contact my question is uh, can you tell us about some upcoming classes that might be beneficial as they relate to audiobook narration first of all i will say that as soon as you said hello i could tell that you were probably a voice actor. <laughs> oh my thank you <laughs> i'm sorry but i don't know of anything specific there are a lot that are here locally in Colorado. A lot of the classes are through the Denver Center for the Performing Arts. So a lot of performing arts centers have that. You know, obviously a lot of other colleges and stuff like that would have things like that. But I unfortunately don't know anything specific. Yeah, if you do hear of anything, uh, please feel free to share. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Cheryl, may I ask a question? Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> do you do any warm-ups for your exercise and before you narrate? Not so much anymore. I mean, if they're, if I'm just getting over a cold or something, or if my allergies are acting up or something, I will bring up. Because I'm basically talking all the time, <laughs> I'm pretty warmed up. And I just wanted to ask you real quick, that speaking of that, is there any kind of a beverage that you would not drink prior, or do you need to keep you know, something warm with you while you're doing this to keep your throat lubricated or are you pretty good with just continuing to talk or you just have some water? I always have water and I have mm-hmm. some sort of herbal tea, mostly mm-hmm. because it's cold all the time, so I just like to be warmed up, but mm-hmm. it also obviously helps my voice. You know, a brand of tea called Traditional Medicinals, I think, and they have mm-hmm. some coat and something called breathe easy i use those quite a bit i don't actually know if they do anything but i think <laughs> there's like a placebo effect or something and you wouldn't want to drink something creamy necessarily right. thanks Kristen. 
Okay, next we'll go to Mary Beth. Hi, Kristen. Like everybody else, I just want to say thank you so, so much for all the time we've spent together. You and I cleaning out cupboards, switching clothes. (laughs) I mean, I can be a big multitasker when I listen to you. Thank you so much for that. But I do have a question. Why did they switch from a regular paper book to digital? I'm pretty glad they did. I mean, I loved having the paper book, but page turns and stuff were always a challenge and that kind of stuff. But I think it's more efficient if you can just download something rather than ship a bunch of books to the studio. And makes sense. I didn't think of it that way. I know. I just love, I love books too. I love having the book. But yeah, I guess I never thought about the page turnings. And actually, I was thinking earlier when you were talking about Braille reading, the whole thing of would the recording pick up the person's fingers going over the Braille? Yes, that, that to me would be a different consideration than the speed. It would be with the, with the, the swish or whatever you want to call it, the fingers going across the braille be picked up on the recording. It probably would. You would. You would. I remember years ago I was monitoring um, Yvonne Fair Tesler. I don't know if any of you remember her. She. Mm-hmm long time ago but i remember saying there was a you know i stopped her and i said i'm sorry yvonne there was a noise there and she said it's probably my hair growing because you could literally you hear everything i mean my stomach growls and i have to stop and you know i never thought about that it's so interesting thank you so much Okay, we'll go to Sheila. Good afternoon Kristen. this has been a pleasure i have met a few readers and I always look at the books when I go to download them and see who's reading and if I see your name I usually download it because I enjoy you. Do you I'm president of a state affiliate and do you do conventions as guest speaking engagements? Yeah I mean depending for sure I have done some definitely I think I did you know a national one in Reno a few years ago um, and I have done something for a local chapter here. But you would consider doing a state. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Thanks, Sheila. Okay, next we'll go to Anne. Hey, Kristen and everybody. One thing I wanted to say, thank you so much for what you do. Honestly, do you still narrate magazines or parts of magazines? Number two, when you do, when NLS does audiobook, how do you guys do the announcements? Do you do those and then the audiobook gets inserted on the back end or how does that work? We do it all together as far as that question goes. We, we have the announcement up front and then we go straight into the recording of the book. So I record it at the same time. The studio where I am now, we do not do any magazines. So that's why I haven't worked on any. I was When I worked on magazines before, I was at a different studio. Oh, okay. Thanks okay. for your questions. Thank you, Kristen. Thank nice you. to meet you, too. Thank you. Next, we have area code 212. Hi, my name's Maria. Uh, hey, Maria. Kristen, hey. I uh, looked on BARD for your name and Cheryl Sings over 1,600 books. And I only looked at the first couple pages, which are like 250 books a page, and just so many series and so many books that mm-hmm. I've listened to over the years. Uh, it, it was really exciting to have you on the show and really appreciate what you do. I have one other comment and two questions. One, the person talking about classes for um, book narration. I know that Screen Actors Guild AFTRA, if you're a member, that they have classes. And if you get on the SAG Foundation email list, uh, you can find out uh, when those are, and those are free if you're a member. 
you bring a book alive. That's what I'm trying to say. The books come alive with you. Gosh, I can't say enough about you. And I know everybody wants to gush over you because you just do such a fabulous job. And I hope that you will hear all of the voices in your head knowing that sorry, I get choked up because you're doing your job that you love, but you're touching so many people, more people than you ever know, how many people you touch with your voice and how your passion for what you do, because you can tell you have such a passion for what you do. And it's so appreciated. So thank you. Thank you for all that you do. Would you like another question, Cheryl? <laughs> sure. I came in late, so maybe you talked about this. But when I listen to you, I wonder, audiobooks, you must just love the storytelling. Do you do, you do any corporate narration and e-learning kinds of stuff on the side? Because you have such a great voice for, like, medical, technical, <laughs> scientific stuff. And it's it's great money. It's a ton of fun. It's Well, that's because I like it. But I, I haven't. I mean, there was a small period of time where I was getting into that. But as I, I said earlier, I really have been sticking with this. It's- and then lastly, I just want to dispel the myth about um, Braille displays being too loud and about Braille readers. It being so challenging to narrate. I, it's my job all day long. So That's awesome. Okay. It totally works. Oh, I'm glad we took your question. <laughs> Thanks for being here. It's fun to have you. That's great. I think we can do one more, Monica. How about Deanna? Feel free to unmute. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Okay. One of the things that I have always noticed about the narrators that have been around for a long time is the clarity of your speech. You don't have any distinctive slur to your speech. Like I was an army brat, so I lived all over and different parts of the country speak differently. And you don't pick that up unless it's part of the character. And I think that's um, a remarkable capability to slide into that kind of a a mode where you are suddenly Southern or suddenly New York. (laughs) I have to be careful because I have an ear for that kind of thing. And it helps with acquiring language. That's what I wanted to say was just that I really appreciate the clarity of your speech. Thank you. Thanks, Deanna. The clarity of my speech can sometimes sound like I should be reading a medical (laughs) text. I'm not quite as loose as a lot of people. So there, and there are different opinions of that as far as what people prefer to listen to and Mm -hmm. style. Well, thank you, Kristen. Thank you so much. And would there be anything last closing that you'd like to say? before you go i mean thank you again thank you cheryl so much for what you said it really means mm-hmm. the world to me i really appreciate yeah. it. and this was yeah. super fun thank you so much well, thank you we and kathy you have anything thank you so much for being with us Kristen. it's very enlightening and as authors the people who read our work are very important to us in representing it to our readers so thank you for all that you do and as a visually impaired person our narrators are vitally important to our lives so thank you from that perspective as well thanks kathy and thank you monica great job as always we appreciate you thank you Kristen. not just for today But for the many years that you have come into our lives, thank you for your talent. I hope that you feel the love that is radiated through everyone here at ACB. We appreciate you. And we look forward to you continuing to enrich our lives for many years to come. And thank you, everyone, for being here on this special Writing Works Wonders with Kristen Allison. 
you for joining us today on Writing Works Wonders. Kathy and I are thrilled to spend time with you. A tap on that button that says subscribe so you will not miss our show. You can also tap on the link for writingworkswonders.com. It'll take you directly to all the show notes and information that we shared today. Then you can sign up to receive the Zoom link so that you can be live with us when we are recording. You can also contact us at info at writingworkswonders.com. Our phone number is 347-467-0221. We also have a donate button. All donations go to technical expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this podcast going. Kathy and I want you to feel encouraged and inspired and know the wonder in writing. And until next time, our friends, keep on writing. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.